Hello and welcome to the Rationable Podcast, your weekly deep dive into how science and critical thinking make you immune to scams, fads and hoaxes. I am your host, Abhijit. Let's dig in. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rational Podcast. This time, I am going to be going back into one of my older articles, especially on the occasion of Pride Month. So essentially because this uh, is a message that bears repeating, I thought I'd bring it out and share it with you on the podcast. So here we go. The LGBTQI community of India can finally breathe without being snarled at by every other person on the street. They can finally make love without committing a crime and be free to come out in the open, at least for some of them. That's the power of overthrowing Sections 377. To be specific, the law prohibits oral and anal sex, and that goes for consenting heterosexuals as well, deeming it unnatural. This uh, Victorian-era Church of England British law thought sex could only be had in the missionary position. (laughs) I mean, think of the irony of that statement. Anyway, needless to say, this law thereby makes homosexuality by its very nature unnatural and illegal. It's at times like this that we feel India is heading in the right direction. After all, this is a massive step forward in a country whose belief systems are still very conservative, to say the least. And it is most definitely worth celebrating that we have recognized a truth that many nations still haven't. But we still have a long way to go, so let's not celebrate too much too quickly. Now, I'm not trying to dampen your high spirits. I'm just saying that we shouldn't just sit back down yet. This is only the first wicket. We have many, many more to drop. For instance, where will the LGBT community stand now? Their parents, grandparents, cultural leaders and society at large still think homosexuality and transsexuality are all unnatural, disgusting and against Indian culture, quote-unquote. In fact, when the Supreme Court upheld Section 377 in 2013, it was all the religious leaders who, in a very rare and revealing move, united to support the decision. There will still be heinous violence and discrimination perpetrated, not only by family members and low-life citizens, but by the police themselves. There have been cases reported of police officers abusing and raping transsexuals and leaving them for dead because they knew they would never be reported. And even if they were, with whom would the law side? Who would the courts believe? A policeman or a hijra? Now, legal action can be taken against them without condemning the victims. But how many of them will get reported? The stigma remains after all. The laws may have been changed, but the victims still have to worry about the social condemnation if the word gets out that they've been abused. As things stand now, it'll come back to them as victim-blaming, apathy and disgust. This is as horrific and sickening, if not more, as the women who have been subjected to the same kind of violence and discrimination 
and then blamed and shamed for it. Cultural normalization is a long way away still. It's a daily fight against internalized shame, familial embarrassment, dodging marriage proposals, laughing at homophobic jokes at work just to fit in, while keeping one's natural movement instincts under control. It's having to wear dull colors while straight or cis men turn up in flashy clothes. It's having to look and dress like your assigned gender, even if you feel like the opposite gender. Camouflage is profoundly internalized, as are the protective instincts. For those very obviously effeminate, life is as easy as it is for a woman walking down a crowded street in a miniskirt. They get respite only when in the very few safe havens they have, usually among their few friends who most probably are fellow sufferers. Can we let all of this continue? Just in case you didn't know the answer, no, we can't. There are things we still need to do something about. We can't rest. We can't become complacent. We want to move towards a future where LGBTQI people can hold jobs, marry, adopt kids, and live normal lives just like to which everyone is entitled. But what can we do? How can we face bigotry at such a massive scale? First, we have to get rid of a few of our misconceptions. We all have misconceptions about things we don't understand and people that are different from us. I mean, mainland Indians have misconceptions about people from the Northeast. South Indians have similar ideas about people from the North. And it's the same between white and black people, Europeans and Far Easterns, Americans and the British and so on. Similarly, how we perceive people with different sexualities is often wrong. Here's how. First, one perception is, is my child safe with a gay person? Gay men are not pedophiles. They're just men who, like other men, like straight people, are attracted to the opposite sex. And the same goes for lesbians. They adore children just as much as anyone else. A pedophile, however, is a person who is attracted to children sexually, which has been found to be a mental disorder, at least in some cases. They are criminals as much as serial killers and should be treated as such, which takes me to the next point. Many people think homosexuality is a mental disorder. It has been thoroughly studied and declared by psychiatric authorities that homosexual traits are not a result of a mental disorder. It's merely a tendency as natural as you, assuming you're straight, have when you are attracted to a person of the opposite sex. There's still no scientific consensus on what leads to this effect, but it is still being researched and there is no reason to think it's a mental disorder that can be treated by any means. People have tried to do this and it has had horrible effects on those subjected to it. Misconception number three. Will this gay person hit on me? Just like all straight people don't hit on every member of the opposite sex all the time, gay people are also the same. They have friends, partners, relationships, marriages, just like straight people. It's just not with the same gender choices. Just because he put his hand on your shoulder or touched you doesn't mean he's coming on to you. Many times casual physical contact and gestures that we all do as a regular part of our social lives are seen as threatening because it's done by someone who is gay. Remember, they are ordinary people just like you and interact with you in the same way as you engage with anyone else. There is nothing to fear but your own ignorance. 
gay people sleep around all the time and have no morals. A lot of people think this way. The fact is that gay people are just more open about it since there is no need to conform to social conventions within their own circles. Consider this. Straight people possibly sleep around as much as they can, but don't talk about it openly, or at the very least, they would love to be able to get around as easily as gay people. Now, next time you meet an LGBTQI person, do not do the following things. First, do not overcompensate. Some people try and go out of their way to tell them how cool they are with the whole thing. If you really are cool with it, don't bring it up. And treat them like you would anyone else. If you are curious and have questions, ask away. The good folks in this community are usually more than happy to answer your questions. Ask who is the man or the woman in the relationship. Please, please don't do this. It's two men together. There are no male or female roles in that relationship. And similarly, the same goes for women and transgender people. However, there are roles or duties and tasks carried out by people based on their competency and inclination. The gay population is trying to break out of the man-woman gender role hardwiring that is so prevalent in cis heterosexuals. Now, if you don't know the meaning of cis, I would recommend you. It simply means a straight person who is not transsexual. Another thing you can do is speak out against discrimination and degradation. As it is with all things, start small. If you find a friend, a relative or colleague is gay, let them know it doesn't change a damn thing. And that you are and will be there for them if they need any consolation or if they need a confidant or just a friend. If you hear someone mock or judge homosexuality, transsexuality or any other kind of sexuality, speak out and stop them. You don't have to scream them down, but reason with them. And you don't have to take them aside. Do it out in the open. Do it where people can see you and hear you. Stand your ground. You're not going to change minds then and there, but such ideas need to be opposed on every possible front. And even if you don't change the mind of the person you're targeting, there could be someone else in the room or the forum who will watch the exchange and begin to think for themselves. Each one counts. And there are some things that families can do more of. If someone in your family is homosexual, bisexual or transsexual, love them and be there for them. If you feel disgusted, that's most probably because you can't relate to what they feel, how they see the world and how they see the people they love. If you care about them though, show it by sitting down and talking to them and ask them whatever questions you can to truly understand their position. Most importantly, support them and love them as you would have done anyway. They are probably already going through a lot of conflict, fear, paranoia and anxiety, just wondering how to come out to their family and friends. Don't let their fears come true. If they are your family, they are human they are someone you love, irrespective of who they choose to love. Give them the confidence and assurance that they are in a safe place with you. And as you come around to understanding their position better and what they are going through, I am very sure that you will be able to relate to it too. Now to conclude, 
the dismissal of Section 377 was the first step in a long expedition to minimize the discrimination and stigma against LGBTQI Indians. It'll be an uphill battle, but we must continue for humanity's sake, if nothing else. We need to look beyond the dogma and fight for our humanity so that we can move towards becoming a united, inclusive society that accepts everyone into the fold, no matter what sexuality, gender, religion, caste or colour. We have to stand together to provide havens for those who have none and stand against those who threaten them. Thank you for listening and have a great Pride Month. See you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to read the blog version of this episode along with all the citations and references, or if you have any ideas, comments or suggestions, please visit BeRationable.com. You've been listening to The Rationable Podcast. See you next week.